I'm preaching. His response was, is that in Las Vegas? I said, said, uh, no, that's Fletcher First Baptist. He said, oh, Brother Walter. He said, he's a a wonderful preacher, wonderful man of God. And uh, you connected with him, brother. And he... They look forward to hearing you when you come. And I'll tell you what I'm attracted to with Brother Roy is the humble spirit that he has, but also is the, the things he thinks about and how he's sensitive to God, to listen to God. And I think that's one key. Preachers are a dime a dozen that can grab a sack full of outlines and get up and preach them. I mean, we can all do that. But men who will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in these days are seeming like they're getting more and more rare. And I'm going to tell you something I found out a long time ago. God don't need me or my outline. But he does need me yielded, be sensitive to his Spirit. Because his Spirit will do more in two minutes than I can do in two days in my own efforts and energy. But I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful thankful for those who serve here in this work. Every great work, not one man can do that. One woman can do that. It takes people behind the scenes that are willing to label and hold up the hands of God's man. And I appreciate that so much. Well, it's been a, a good day and the Lord's blessed me and I, I almost experienced revival this evening when I went up here to, uh, we don't have one of those near where we're at, and every time I get near one, i got to have me one of them butter burgers from Culver's. I'm talking about that. That's almost a spiritual experience. If you get it ordered just like you want it, and uh, they bring it out, and it's hot, and that their grease is dripping off of it, and and the cheese is all melty, and you can almost hear the angels sing when they bring it out. And I sat there, and I just had a spell while I was eating me a Culver's Butter Burger for supper this evening, even though I know it's not good for my waistline, and I know all of that stuff, it clogs your arteries, but I was having a ball while it was clogging them. I really was. So... Anyway, uh, it's a good thing one of them's not close to where I'm at or I would uh, I wouldn't be able to fit through those doors back there. But anyway, I appreciate the Lord and his goodness. Romans chapter 12 tonight. Romans chapter 12. I'm, I'm going to bring you just a, a brief message tonight and one that I hope will challenge our thinking. We, I know we have a lot of young people here tonight and, and younger folks and I want to read two verses in the book of Romans, chapter number 12, the Apostle Paul writing, and we these are very familiar to all of us as the children of God. And these are verses that are beseeching the child of God in our walk and in our service to God. And here in Romans chapter number 12, in verse number 1, the Bible says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, I, I'm glad I serve a God that don't, don't ask me to do something unreasonable. 
But here he said this, what he's asking of us is a reasonable service. But then he comes down in verse number two and he says this, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And why should we do that? He tells us that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, we thank you for the uh, reading of your word, and I pray that you would help us tonight in this place. Thank you for the good singing, the good songs that stirred my soul tonight. Lord, I thank you that the half hasn't been told. Lord, I thank you for blessing Sister York. She wrote that song and how it's touching people all over this country. And Lord, I pray now that you'd help us in this meeting. Lord, may you captivate the hearts of everybody here and help us to recognize what you want to say to us tonight, Father, in this place. And we'll give you praise for what you do for it's in Jesus' name we pray and we ask it, amen and amen. In these verses, he's talking about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And then he said, but be not conformed to this world. That word conformed it's, is, 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 don't fit the mold of this world, is what he's saying. If, if we're not careful, even as the children of God, we will... Uh, we're in this culture and in this world, and we'll begin to look like this world, and, and, and it will have its impact on our life in such a way that it'll leave an imprint upon us when you think about that word conform. But he said, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the reason for that, and this is where I really want to get to with this message, he said that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. And I want you to notice this, will of God. Do you realize that every person in this building tonight, no matter what age you are tonight, whether you are up in years, in your later life, you're in midlife, or you're a teenager, or even these young children here on the front, every person in this building tonight, God has a perfect will for your life. I know sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that when we're young in life, we don't really see the big picture of life, but God has a, I mean, he, he has a perfect will. You say, preacher, what is the will of God for each life here? There's three things definitely that I can give you that is the will of God. Number one, it's the will of God that you be saved. The Bible says over there in one place, he said, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And it is the will of God tonight, if you're here and you've never been saved, it's the will of God that you be saved tonight. Now, you have a choice. You'd, God will not force you to do anything. People often say, well, it's my life and I'll live it like I want to. And many are doing that. And God won't stop you from doing that. But boy, I'll tell you, if you want to be blessed and if you want to have uh, the favor of God, you want to have uh, help in the, the struggle of this life, uh, it, it'll do you well to try to find the will of God in your life. It's the will of God that you be saved. Not only that, it's the will of God that you go on into sanctification. Over in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 3, he said, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. In other words, after you get saved, he wants you to uh, go on and grow and live the kind of life that's pleasing unto him. Uh, you know, I know people say, well, I'm saved, but I just do this and I do that, and that's, 
you might do that. But the truth of the matter is, God wants every one of us, our lives, to reflect the change that has taken place in our heart, whether you're young or old. And you know, it's a hard culture today because the culture tells our young people, you've got to do this, or you've got to do this to fit in, and you've got to have this in your life in order to uh, be with the scene of our day. And the truth of the matter is, the only one you really need to focus on pleasing in your life is the one who gave you life, the one who saved you, and the one who has uh, given you a purpose for living in this life. Oh, it is the will of God that you be saved, and then it's the will of God here that you find a place of service in Him. I begin to think about that. You know, life is a funny thing. Sometimes when we're starting out in life, as a matter of fact, everybody here, these young people have all got dreams and hopes, no doubt. They're, they're wondering their, the questions of life that they're asking themselves about where does my life go from here and what will my life look like as I progress on in years, and none of us know the answer to that when we're young in life. We, if you would have asked me when I was a young boy, what do you think you're going to be when you grow up? I would have not told you I was going to be a preacher. I, I, matter of fact, that wasn't in, in even my thought process, that I would be a preacher, that I would be traveling across the country preaching, singing. That, that wasn't even a, in my thought process as a young man. But you see, God had a will for my life. And even though sometimes I wasn't searching for it, and even though sometimes uh, I, I didn't recognize it, God was using every factor of my life, the people in my life, the preachers in my life, to nudge me in this direction. And God would use this one to nudge me in this direction. And the next thing you know, when I got up to a certain age, and I recognized and realized that God was doing something for me, I figured out what the will of God was for my life. And God wants to do that for every one of you tonight. You know, when I was a kid, uh, now I'm old, and so uh, don't laugh about that. I can't help it. If you live long enough, you'll be there one day yourself. And, uh, but I remember, see, I, I go back before the days of the Internet and uh, back before uh, video games. Matter of fact, I remember when the first video came, game came out, I, I actually bought one of them things. It was the Pong game. Y'all remember Pong? And all it was was a little old dot, and they had two, uh, a little paddle on this side of the screen, a little paddle, and you turned turn the knob, and it's like you're playing table tennis on a TV screen with a little blip going across and knocking it back and forth. And boy, we thought that was the greatest thing that ever was. And, and, and now when I look back and all this virtual reality stuff and everything, it looks, it seems like cavemen invented the Pong game. But that's how far I go back, you see. But I go back even farther than that when we didn't have Pong. And matter of fact, as kids, when we were at home, uh, we didn't have cable TV. Uh, we had uh, uh, an antenna that you had to go turn. And uh, I spent a lot of days outside on the side of the hill and they'd holler, turn it just a little bit and see if we can get it better. Now, you kids will never know the joys of having your mom and dad yell at you after you, you said, they said, that's it, hold it right there. And you'd stand there as still as you could be. And then meant they'd say, oh, you moved it. And you'd say, no, I didn't move it. So I know all about that. You'll never know that in this modern age. But when we'd be home from school, a lot of times winners. Uh, there, and uh, we'd be snowed out for two weeks, not be able to go to school. And you, you are cooped up in the house. Your mom's 
cooped up in the house with a bunch of kids. She had to figure out how to keep everybody occupied. And there was something that people used to do this a lot uh, back in those days. It was something called a jigsaw puzzle. And back, matter of fact, where I was from, uh, some of the people used to have them in the winter months, especially when they couldn't get out. They'd have them spread out on a table, two or three thousand piece puzzle, and they'd work for weeks on some of them. And you'd go in and they'd just have those laid out. Some of the older folks are smiling. They know what I'm talking about. And uh, you would, that would occupy them for just a little while while they're working on that puzzle. Matter of fact, I brought a puzzle with me tonight in a, in a box. And I began to think about this idea. I'm preaching on this subject. You know, the reason this, this puzzle here I've got in my hand is a thousand-piece puzzle. And the name of this puzzle is Sunday at the Covered Bridge. And I looked at that. It's a beautiful picture. And if I... I wanted to put this thing together. I'd have to have a lot of patience to do it with a thousand pieces. But if I laid it out and I began putting this puzzle together, I would eventually accomplish it. And you know what would make it easy to do that? You see, I have the ability to look at the box. I have the ability to see what the picture is going to be before it ever comes together. Now, I hate to tell you this, but life ain't like that. Matter of fact, we're putting it together. We're putting the pieces of the puzzle together without being able to look at the box. I can't tell you what your life is going to look like completely. I can't tell you what journey you're going to be on in your life. But I do know this. God didn't give us a box to look at, but he gave us a book to look at. And he gave us a book that will guide us. And if we'll follow the principles of God's word in our life, then he'll bring the most beautiful picture together in our lives that you could ever imagine. I began to think about this, this uh, puzzle. I said, I was a lot like this puzzle. There was a day in a factory somewhere this started out as a beautiful picture. But then through the process that it had to go through, it became broken. When you think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, what a beautiful scene. Paradise. I'm talking about the first man and woman in the Garden of Eden in paradise, and God placed them there in such a precious place. But the fact of the matter is, there was a day when sin entered in, and they became broken. I was just like that old puzzle. And this one here is a thousand pieces, but boy, I'll, I, there was a day when I recognized, oh, when you're first born, you're just a little kid, you seem so innocent, and we are. But there was a day when I started getting a little older, I'd hear the preacher preach, and my heart would be touched, and I'd, I'd say, you know, I don't have what they are talking about. I, I've never been saved, and I would hear the preacher preach, and it began to trouble me, and that's then when the Holy Spirit began to show me that I was really broken, and I didn't even know it. I didn't have Jesus. My, I, was fallen. I had a fallen nature because of Adam. And because of that, I needed to be saved. And God began to deal with my heart. And this, this puzzle, not only was it broken, but this puzzle is boxed up. Matter of fact, right now, in the state this puzzle's in, it can never get out of where it's at. We, we look at sinners and we say, uh, man, if I can just get out of that. They can't. They can't. They can try, but they can't. But I'll tell you when they can get out of it. 
It may be broken. It may be boxed. But thank God one day somebody bought it. <laughs> I'm glad for the day that the Lord purchased me. Amen. He looked and he said, that old boy's broken a thousand pieces. He can't get out of where he's at no matter how hard he tries. But boy, I believe I'll just buy him. And from that point on out, then God began building my life. He began taking the pieces and started putting them together in my life. And I'm going to be honest with you, I could have never in a million years imagined the picture that my life would become. I didn't even have that. I couldn't even think that high. God has taken me in places and done things that I could never have envisioned in my life. And it's all because that I surrendered my heart to Christ. I got saved by the grace of God. And then I sought his will for my life. I began to think about when you think about the will of God, we all get hung up on the details. Everybody wants to know every intricate detail of what, God, what's my life going to be like? No, leave that up to God. God, you, you, just, you just work on what you can work on, and God will work out the details. I've thought about many times there's the doubt of God's will. When you think about sometimes our emotions get the best of us, and emotions can be used to circumvent the will of God in our life. Young person, you better listen to me. You'll, you'll, young lady, you'll see that boy. You'll say, boy, he's just so, my heart just flutters when I see him. And that may be so, but the truth of the matter is, don't let emotions drive you. You better, you better have a basis beyond your emotions. Because I'm going to tell you, people say, but you don't understand, he's a hunk. Yeah, and if he lives long enough, he'll be a chunk. <laughs> Amen. 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 But he's got those muscles and he's got all these, the six-pack abs and all that. And then there's going to be one day when he gets old, he's going to have furniture's disease. That's when your chest falls down in your drawers. <laughs> and so life has a way of working on us. Amen. And I, but I thought about sometimes we get infatuated with certain things in life, and oh, it's like that brass ring, we're trying to grab it, when all the while, we've not even thought about, is this the will of God for my life? There's been a lot of people ended up with the wrong mate because they didn't seek God's will, and then they had troubles, they had heartaches, and they had burdens. I thought about sometimes patience is something we have to exercise in trying to find God's will. I began to think about this, I in my own life, I think about, you see me standing here tonight as a preacher, and pastor, singer, songwriter, and everybody thinks that just happened. But the truth of the matter is, there's sometimes I just about break down when I think of how close I came to messing up the will of God in my life as a young man. I remember when I was looking for a, a girlfriend, I, I, I was just like every red-blooded American boy, I, I needed a girlfriend. And I remember my dad bought me an old guitar. He'd come into the house one day and said, I've bought you a guitar, son. I said, well, I can't play it. He said, well, your uncle can show you some chords. And he did, and I learned how to play that guitar. And I, I didn't think nothing about that. 
we started singing a little bit. My dad, my sister, and I would sing at churches. And we ended up at a church singing on a Saturday night, singing out a little country church out Flat Springs Baptist Church. Brother Clyde Cornett was the pastor, and several groups there singing that night. And there was a man and woman there that night, Paul and Linda Tester, that was singing. I had never laid eyes on them, didn't know who they were, where they're from, or anything like that. We sang that night, and I didn't think much about it. I didn't really want to go that night. I'm being real honest with you. I was, I was about 19 years old, 20, close to 20, and my dad said on a Saturday night, let's go to church and sing. I said, Dad, there ain't going to be no girls at that church tonight, and I need a girlfriend in the worst kind of way. He said, get your guitar, we're going. And so I went reluctantly that night, got over there, and we sang. Now listen, I know some of y'all are looking at me, well, he ain't very spiritual. Oh, well, shut up. Half y'all went to church to try to find your girlfriend or boyfriend, but if you're going to find one, that is a good place to find one. And that night we sang, and after it was over with, this, this Linda Tester came out, and she was talking to me, and I didn't know who she was. I thought this was, she was married to this fella. It was her daddy. He looked younger than what he was. She looked older than what she was. I thought it was a, I wasn't half paying attention that night, and, after I got in the car, my aunt looked at me. She was with us. She said, did you know Paul and Linda Tester? I said, uh, no. She said, yeah, that was Paul and his daughter, Linda. I said, that was his daughter? And I, I said, you mean there was an eligible girl in the building and I did not know it? Man, I, I, just hating, I was hating it. And uh, just so happened, about a couple weeks after that, my pastor, Brother Carl Johnson, who's in heaven now, he was going to preach a revival meeting at Zion Hill Baptist Church up on Highway 321 where Paul and Linda Tester went to church. And I got the office burden to back my preacher in revival that you've ever seen in your life. I prayed. I hadn't prayed in forever. And I said, Lord, if you'll give me the gas money, I'm going to go over there every night to that meeting. I had an ulterior motive. But 42 years later, I found the will of God. She's been my wife for 42 years. She's mother to my children. The best G-Mall you'll ever see. She's taught preschool at the First Baptist Church in Mountain City for 30 years. She's been my piano player. She's been the one that's kept me in the fight many times when I'd be so discouraged that, that I wanted to give up. And it's all because I found the will of God. You see, I have to tell you the rest of the story. Her daddy, I wanted to go see her, and I wanted, to, I wanted to go out and do stuff. And I was working at the supermarket, and I had a little money, had my cone car, but her daddy wouldn't let her go nowhere. You see, I thought he was just being hard, but I didn't realize, so he was looking out for her. And, and I said, well, she ain't going to be able to go out on a date or nothing. Her daddy... So I quit. I didn't call her. And I was working, and there was another girl I worked with at the supermarket, and she was a nice girl, but her daddy and mom would let her do anything. So we started dating after I'd met my, who's now my wife, and her daddy wouldn't let her go out. I said, this is a dead end. That'll never work. I, I can't do that. And for a whole year, I dated another girl, didn't call her back. And all the time, even though I dated this other girl, she was... Nice girl. Her and her family didn't have the same kind of beliefs from the Bible that I, I had. And 
The longer I did that, I realized, you see, I had more than just emotions that was guiding me here. There were some principles that had been sowed in my heart and life, and I knew, I said, now listen, it's like the Holy Ghost has said, now if you're going to marry somebody, you can't marry somebody that don't believe like you do, or that ain't going to work. And all of a sudden, I said, you're, you're right, Lord, this won't work, and I, I, I I'm still, you know, I still see this girl on occasion. She's a lady now, and we're friendly. But, but I, I said, listen, it's it's not going to work. And I said, I'm going to call that girl back, Linda, if she can, we'll talk to him. And I called her after a year, and I said, you reckon your daddy'd just let me come over to the house? She said, yeah. He said, if you would just want to come to the house and sit here at the house. I said, I'll be happy to do that. She said, he'll let you take me to church too. Now my brother will have to ride in the back seat. And I said, that'll be fine. And we did that. We found the will of God. And I've never regretted it one day. But when I think back how close I could have been to messing up the... I mean, I wouldn't be here tonight had I made a mistake on that one important aspect of my life and not followed God's will. Oh, I'm here to tell you, you need to think about this. When you're putting together this puzzle, you say, how do I put my life together like that? Well, I'll tell you, you've got to start first. If I was putting this puzzle together, I'd lay it all out. I'd look at it and I'd find them corner pieces first. That's the easy ones to find. There are some things in life that's going to be easier for you to find in life. And you start with the easy part. Don't start with the hard part first. Start with the easy part. Get you a foundation. Your church is a foundation. Your Christian friends are a foundation. Like I said, I had that in me that I didn't even know it was in there until I needed it. And then God began to pull the picture together of my life. And boy, I stand here today, and I've not even seen the completion of that picture yet. And I thought about, there's a lot of people, they're putting uh, to their lives together. You, you start with the easy things. You, you start, uh, when you think about you, you start with pieces that match. If something don't fit, don't... I've seen people try to take, put a puzzle together, and they'll... They can't find a piece and they'll take one that looks close to it and they'll try to shove it in there and make it fit. And it just don't fit. Find some pieces that match. Find let a young person, find you somebody who loves the Lord. Find you a family that, that you, you, mom and dad has taught them right. And done, now, I'm not, I'm not discounting. Listen, the Lord can save anybody. I don't care what kind of family they came from. It's the will of God that they be saved too. But I'm going to tell you something. You better find some pieces that match. As my preacher friend who's in heaven, Brother Worley, used to say, find your crowd and get with them. That's what he'd always say. And I've been trying to do that because I know who my crowd is. And boy, I tell you, I thought about that. When you think about this idea of this puzzle, you start with the edges, the easy pieces. You start with pieces that match. And then sometimes when I'd be putting this together, It'd get so difficult, I'd have to ask my, I'd ask my sister, here, help me find this piece. Help me. And we'd be looking for a piece. It's okay, young person, to those people you trust and those people that God's put in your life. Help me find this piece in my life. Help me. Direct me. 
and help me because I promise you this, the people that love you have your best interest at heart. The devil will try to tell you, your mom and dad and your people around you, uh, that, 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 that they don't care. But the truth of the matter is, if you ought to have the best friend in the world, it ought to be the people God's give you in this life. I thought I heard a song on radio here a while back talking about the death of a loved one and said, and said, love the people God gave you. And boy, I'll tell you how many times do we neglect to love the people God has given us. But I thought about this. When you put that picture together, I thought if I spread this out here, it might take us a while. Can you imagine if we spread this thousand-piece puzzle out tonight and everybody here took a turn at trying to put it together? We all worked on it together. I don't know if we'd ever get it together or not this many. But can I say this? God has a way of bringing it together. If you'll just be patient and wait on Him. I thought about there's people tonight, they're putting together the pieces of the puzzle of their life. They're building lives. They're, they're wealthy. They've got education. Or all those things are okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I believe God wants you to be blessed. He talks about the perfect will of God that you may prove that, that the acceptable and, 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 and you know, he, he wants to bless your life. But I thought they're building lives, and it looks so wonderful on the surface. But you know, I remember a lot of times we'd be putting these puzzles together, and the thing would just about be completed. And all of a sudden, you'd look, and there'd be one piece that wasn't there. After you've worked, you've 999 pieces, and now all of a sudden, there's a a piece that's missing, and you're trying to figure out where is it? Where is it? And even you'd you'd move furniture, you'd move. I mean, just whatever. Come in here, help me. There's one piece missing here. What did we do with it? What happened to it? There's a lot of people going to live their entire life, have the most beautiful picture that looks like on the surface that they've put together, but when they get to the end of the way, there's one piece missing, and that piece is Jesus Christ in their life. I don't know about you, the picture ain't complete, friend, without Jesus in your life. If I could tell you youngins and you young people tonight one thing, get that one piece in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. If you want stuff, you want, you, want, you want blessings? Get in His will. And God has a way of bringing things into your life that you never even envisioned. God has a perfect will for all of you tonight. I appreciate workers that work with these children. My wife's worked as, as preschool worker. She has raised all the children of everybody that is anybody in Johnson County in the last 30 years. And in my county, my wife holds more clout than I do. Because if you're good to people's children, they never forget that. And I don't care if it's a judge, I don't care if it's a lawyer, I don't care if it's a policeman, I don't care who it is. If, you've, if their children have been under my wife's tutelage in preschool, them kids, I see grown, grown young, young people run up to my wife and say, Miss Linda. And they were just little when she had them. My wife's got more clout. Like I said, if I need to get something done in Johnson County, I don't call nobody because they'll just laugh at me on the phone. But she let my wife call them. 
Miss Linda has clout. Two years ago, three years ago now, we're on a state highway there, and it was a week before our jubilee. It's a two-lane highway. And a week before our jubilee started, that's the busiest part of the year down that road. There'll be more traffic down that road in our jubilee. Campers coming in to stay all week with us, and people from everywhere coming. And a week before our jubilee, they put up signs saying road construction right in front of our church. I said, oh my goodness, what is going on here? This is going to be a nightmare. If they, and they were getting ready to pave the road right by our church that week. All them people was coming. I said, what are we going to do? My wife says, let me make a call. And she made a call. And a state highway project now, she said they're going to wait till the week after our Jubilee to start. They'd have laughed at me if I'd have called them. Said, you sorry, Hyde preacher, you ain't, you ain't, we ain't we'll, we'll pave while you're in the church there. But Miss Lynn, I'm talking about finding the will of God. Now, she's probably watching tonight. And I love her. She'd been working on our Jubilee while I've been down here, putting together menus, going to feed folks that come in. And I'm going to tell you, that all happened because two people found the will of God for their lives. And God has a perfect will. Every young man, every young lady, I don't know what it is, but God will show it to you. If you'll say, Lord, here I am. I don't know what my life, I don't know who I'm going to marry. I don't know what my vocation is going to be in life. None of us do. You, you don't have a box to look at. But if you'll find God's will, give your heart to Jesus, and follow this book, one day you're going to live a life, and you're going to look back, and you're going to look at what God has done in your life, and you're going to say, wow. I could never have imagined what God would do and the blessings He'd bring to my life. And it's all because, listen, I wish we had a box to look at, don't you? I wish I had a box that could look, tell me how this thing's going to look when it ends for me. But I've seen enough of the picture right now to know it's far better than I deserve. And I say to you tonight, every one of us, and I'm talking about older folks as well, we're, we're in the later stages. We're putting the final pieces together. But what a beautiful... And listen, that picture wouldn't be complete if you only completed it three-quarters of the way. But when you complete it, what a beautiful thing it is. Father, thank you for what you've done for us tonight. I pray that you'd take this message and challenge some hearts here tonight, Lord. Maybe somebody here that needs to be saved, somebody that's never given their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that tonight would you speak to them. Lord, some young person that's seeking, Lord, direction in their life, and they're seeking, Lord, what you would have for their life. Lord, I pray would you help them tonight to just trust you. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to commit their way unto you. And Lord, I ask you now just in this time of invitation, would you help us all Lord, that we might be drawn near to you. Lord, thank you for those tonight that 
as I preached, they looked back over their life and they saw how the pieces of the puzzle came together and how you put this piece here and you brought this piece from somewhere else that they didn't even see coming. And God, you put together such a beautiful piece in their life. And Father, I pray that you'd help us all to desire that tonight, that we might find that perfect will of God in our life. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Let's stand with our heads bowed. Sister, if you would come and get a song to play for us tonight as the invitation. If you're here tonight and maybe you're a young person, you've never been saved, God's speaking to your heart. You're, you're, you're hearing that voice in your heart tonight. Then tonight's the night. If, if you're not saved, if you, if you want to come, some of these workers, the preachers, some of these folks will help you tonight if you need to be saved. If you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I just want God to give me direction in my life. Preacher, I don't know. I've got a lot of questions about the days ahead. Well, then I'll tell you the best place to find the answers. Just come and say, you know what, Lord, I want you to help me. Lord, I want you, as Preacher Fletcher's preached tonight, Lord, I want you to do in my life what is your perfect will. I want you to bring the people into my life that I need in my life. And I want you to show me which way I need to go in this life. I wonder how many tonight, some of you may just want to come and pray for somebody tonight, some young person that you know that is trying to find God's will for their life. You've got a child or a da daughter or son that you, they need direction in life. Why don't you come tonight and pray for them tonight? Oh, you may be here even just as a church member and you say, you know, I, 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 I just want to see God take these young people and I want to see them use their lives and I want to see God help them. And, and I, I just want God to have his way in every life. I wonder, would there be somebody else tonight you'd feel the need of prayer to come? Maybe some of you will come and pray. Some of these young folks have come tonight and say, Preacher, some of you tonight, are you like me? If you did what you ought to, you'd be up here thanking the Lord for the picture that he's brought to pass in your life and how he's brought the pieces in, in place that you didn't see yourself, but God did. He had a will for your life and how he's blessed you. He's helped you. I wonder, would there be somebody else you'd feel the need tonight just to come? Is there somebody you say, Preacher, I haven't come, but God spoke to my heart. You might be a young person here tonight and say, God has spoke to my heart. Preacher, would you pray for me that God would direct my life, that I could be sensitive to hear his voice in my life? Would you lift a hand let me pray for you tonight? Anybody like that? Any young person tonight, say, Preacher, I, I just want God to help me. I want to have a life that's blessed, and I want to have a life that God has uh, meant for me. Preacher, I want to do my best to be what I need to be for the Lord. To be somebody else tonight, lift your hand. Is there somebody here and you say, Preacher, I, that message spoke to my heart. I, I look back over my life and I see all the stages of what God brought me through to get me where I am today. And how many times I came close to missing the will of God. But God in His providence and in His mercy, He oversaw it. And He helped us and He brought those pieces together and He brought us to where we are today. It may be you're just here and you're thankful for what God's done for you. Anybody else tonight, you've got a burden or a need in your life, you lift a hand, let us pray for you tonight. Anybody? I see that. Thank you. 
Anybody else tonight? Lift your hand. Take it right back down. I see that. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Wait just a moment. Anybody else? Father, we thank you tonight for what you've done for us. Lord, such a sweet service tonight. The presence of the Lord has been in our midst. I pray that these words that I've said tonight will carry weight in the hearts and minds of these young people that are here tonight. Lord, they may get out there tomorrow and they'll have all the activities of life that come their way. But Lord, would you help these thoughts of this preacher to lodge in their heart and Lord, to be an anchor for them. Lord, in the times where the enemy would use all different things to try to subvert the will of God in their life, may they be reminded of this word that I've preached tonight. God, I pray that, Lord, if it be your will, you'd raise up some of these young people in here, save them, Lord, and raise them up to be Christian workers. Lord, some of these young men, raise them up to be preachers of the gospel. Some of these young ladies, uh, Lord, in areas of service, Lord, that could be used in a tremendous way. God, I pray that you'd help us all. Father, thank you for what you've done for us, and help us all, Lord, just to delight in what you choose to do in our lives. Father, we're going to thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Preacher, you come and take charge as you see fit tonight. We're preaching the message that we will not forget. Saw the picture and we'll remember that. But something else happens when you hear a message sent from God through his word. It's in your mind. God places a portrait in your mind. I believe that's why the psalmist says, Thy word, O God, I will hide in my heart. At the right time, if you really want to be sincere and follow him, which we've seen a lot of people and we all need to do that, but that sincerity, when you're out there and you don't understand the direction you need to go, but it's in your heart, it's in your mind, and God will bring it to you, and you won't forget it. We've heard wonderful messages, Moses made the messages God gives him, and they're classic. But every time he comes, I remember a couple of years ago, the postage stamp. And children got saved that now. Wow. Pictures in your mind. And God will use you and he'll use any individual that wants to follow him to complete that perfect picture. Or we'll make mistakes along the journey, of course. But he'll help us find that missing piece. It is so wonderful. Everyone done what God told you that we appreciate our children so much and appreciate everyone. We're looking forward, of course, to tomorrow night, but still have a few minutes tonight. Everyone done, everyone done what God told you to do tonight. One thing I want to impress on young people, don't be ashamed. Because peer pressure is a terrible thing. I've, I've got a million problems, don't have time to tell you about any of them. But one thing God's helped me with 
avoid peer pressure. What other people say or do, peace help me, just don't let that bother you. It's just a one way between you and God. When God puts something on your heart, Satan will say, what will they think? It won't come in. God shields you. That'll be a buckler, a shield to those that walk up rightly. And God will help you be a, put a shield around you so all those thoughts from Satan, they can't penetrate to you. What will others say or do? So it bounce off. If you've done what God tells you to do tonight, young people, heads are out for final prayer. And if you still have a need that you haven't told the Lord about on your way out or stay here at the altar or whatever, tell some individual about it, share it, and don't leave this place without letting God deal with your heart and you submitting your life to him. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. Lord Jesus, thank you for this message, for your word. Brother Fletcher, for these young people, Lord, we've got so much to praise you for and thank you for. And as they go down through the roads of life, Father, and be crossroads, bring this back to their mind and heart that you have a perfect will for every one of our life. And Lord, would you help us when we start going in the wrong direction, whatever you need to do, to correct us, mid-course correction. We don't know how to tell you to do that because you're God, but I just ask you, Lord, to be merciful and, and keep us in your will. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, amen. You want to dismiss the children? Yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, church family stay and our young people go ahead and be dismissed. And as they're leaving, uh, we appreciate them being willing to come in. And so much what God's doing in their life.